Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Yes, you do. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, On, need, I need to trademark that. I think you do. Well, I think maybe Waluigi already did that. <laughs> On today's show, we will talk all about packs. I'm sitting here with Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach, and we are doing a massive rundown of all the news and information, but of course we're not going to forget the geek sheet. Vicky, what do you got for us? Well, or What do we got going on today? Something like that. I was going to say, you know what You know what? Uh, you should do? You should definitely <laughs> go to our website, bjgeeknation.com, because it's going to have all our information, blogs, and more. More! Or just type in BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Radio.com and iTunes. Exactly. I love that idea. Lots of ways to get us and uh, find us on all those fun platforms. And say nice things and review us on the apples. Yeah, do that. uh, uh, Not the apples at the grocery store, Apple iTunes. Yeah, the Apple iTunes. (laughs) And and wherever else, I guess, you might find us. I don't know if there's any other review people places, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. And we may may read them every once in a while, too, uh, Rev was telling me. Yeah, yeah. If we get some good reviews, we'll read those, and maybe we'll be able to do that in a uh, upcoming. If we get some good reviews. Well, I mean, We'll read a bad review. You too. What the hell? We'll do it. We'll show you. Are, are we going to do that? We're no, we won't. Up that one? Yeah, no, we no, just no, want no. you to. We'll put we'll, the really good reviews. Yeah, only the good reviews. Just say right? you hate Vicky, and it's on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. So, without any further ado, I think maybe we should just get into the PAX information. Oh, really? Because we've got Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach. Von Kallenbach. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review. That is SKNR.net. And Gareth, you had a packed weekend last weekend. It was Labor Day. And, well, you're very laborious in your expedition to the Penny Arcade Expo. PAX West happened. Man, uh, how was the experience for you, dude? It was, you know, it was interesting because going in, we thought, okay, a lot of the invites are very heavy on indies. And I'll be honest, uh, while some of the staff was really pumped, I was a bit concerned because there was part of me going, there were things that I saw at E3 that I didn't see on the schedule here. And then there were a lot of indies and stuff like that. And I thought, okay, um, is there going to be something? Because, uh, you know, some we have a couple of guys who grab all the indies. And I was concerned, okay, w- am I going to have the same impact that I normally would? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not seeing stuff that immediately jumps out and says, oh, yeah, oh, wow, you know, blow my... And the great thing about it was that it actually did a great job in that they undersold and over-delivered in many oh, cases cool. because there were companies that didn't go all out with the ridiculous amounts of uh, emails like some companies do. And I get mm-hmm. it. That's their job. Or, come and book a meeting. Come and book a meeting. <laughs> and then, you you know, and then you get there and it was like, wow. I don't know if you heard, but like the show got off to kind of a rough start because this year they said that instead of the traditional hour for the press head start on Friday, they were going to give us all a 30 minute head start. 
each day. And so, unfortunately, the doors were supposed to open at 9 o'clock. Oh, no. And 9.40, we're all still standing in the press queue waiting for them to open the doors. <laughs> and they keep saying, oh, we're waiting on the fire marshal, we're waiting on the fire marshal. But you see the, the vendors and the exhibitors coming in, and then they open the doors, cleared the ADA line, let us in, and then hot on our heels was the general public. So it was wow, like, okay. you're just like racing everywhere. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Gotta but get there the first. Thing is, oh, yeah, the great thing was we stopped first at Sony like we did, and they blew everyone away because they, the Predator um, Hunting Grounds was uh, their main thing there, but they had plenty of other things. They had a like a Death Stranding display, but not playable. But they went all out with hunting grounds. They had like the camouflage PlayStation, um, <laughs> you know, set up. They had the Predator actually there throughout the weekend. And then they had the playable demo. And they were so agreeable. They were like, yeah, go ahead and take your photos. Go ahead and take your pictures. Nice. Just, you know, standard thing. Make sure that in your video that someone's in the screen and it's not a direct on shot of the screen. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was like, you know, and they did this, and they're like, here's a T-shirt for you. And then <laughs> around the back, they had the, you know, the remake of Medieval, and they had a couple of other casual games. They had uh, Dreams, which had been announced a few years ago at E3, and is finally coming to fruition. My wife got, got to see that. They had some VR games out back. And then, of course, Iron Man VR, which I actually got to play, you know, before they capped the line. And it was like, wow, this is this is pretty insane. So tell me a little bit about uh, Iron Man VR, because I had another friend uh, send me a message and said, this is what VR should feel like. And it was something that didn't make them nauseous at all. And that's one of my worries as a person who does get nauseous with VR a lot of the times that this could cause that because, I mean, hell, you're Iron Man. How did it work out? How did it play for you? It does work very well. The trick is you have to have, get used to it. Uh, the best way I can describe it for people is obviously you have the helmet on, yeah. and that's Iron Man's you know visor. You take two move controllers in each of your hands, and uh, that is your your hands and your thrusters. But the trick is, to give you an example, if you want to go up, you have to turn it, your hands literally down, palms down. Oh, yeah, okay. And that's the thrusters going up. If you want <laughs> to fly, you turn it facing backwards and you can even lean forward a bit if you want and that's your propulsion forward and as you get going uh one of these little tricks you'll learn like as you hit a button twice it gives you a boost up there's an option to hover there's an option to punch and you also have the trigger which is your repulsor beam but now the trick is and this is where people were goofing it up imagine you have your two hands down lifting you in the air yeah and you are then you have to hit a target well, you have to take one of those propulsion hands up and use it to fire. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the trick. And, like, some people are like, how do I turn? And they give you a pretty elaborate tutorial where you have to go through various targets, and you're like, all right, how do I fly down? And for me, I just kind of hovered down, would go straight, boost up, hover down, go straight. And, you know, like that. Now, one of the staff, it was hysterical. He was spinning in a circle. <laughs> and he went to punch a target, and he actually punched the back wall of the booth. So that oh, was, no! <laughs> that was funny. He was okay. With, and I, I had, like, one of the cables was wrapped around my foot because I kept turning because it was very 360. But, you know, like I said. It'll take I, I some getting going, used to at that point then, really. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking about it at home going, how would this be if I'm sitting down in a chair or sitting on the floor versus standing oh and i thought you know i think it could still work so in fact i think in many ways that might be easier but really impressive and i'm looking forward to that when it comes out now speaking of uh, the avengers did you get a chance to play the avengers game 
I did, and that was a real treat because uh, we didn't get a chance to do much at E3 with it outside of go through the um, museum they had mm-hmm. set up, and we found out this was the first time it was playable because they just showed a, uh, a movie thing there. So what we did was we got a we got a playable demo. Uh, oh, I want to say about twenty minutes. And you got to, we did one, uh, the first round was Thor, and I guess the best comparison I would use is Arkham Asylum, that free-flowing combat. Yeah. You have a special move. You could take the hammer and knock him senseless. <laughs> then I became Iron Man, and the combat, of course, would be very different. That's flying, that's repulsor beams, that's uh, rockets, but then you can bring out your chest beam as your special power. The one that everybody seemed to really enjoy was the Hulk, because you could grab an enemy, hold him, and use him to hit other enemies before you chucked him out of the way. And he could do, like, the thunderclap to clear things. He could do gigantic um, leaps and stuff. Um, let's see, Captain America, as you'd expect, a lot of shield throwing and, you know, quick action combat. And then you had Black Widow. And, uh, you know, not as much power per se, but a lot more speed and agility and stealth movements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have Hawkeye in it, which was interesting. Interesting. And yeah. And then what they told us is they, they went through the, then we had a Q and a, they had a section where they talked about the storyline, which is rather interesting. And it, it kind of, I guess in a way would be an extension of civil war in that the heroes have been outlawed and the Avengers have kind of all gone in their separate ways. And then, something happens to pull them all back together. And they talked about how this is your, you go to this war map and this is your, so you can pick, this is a solo mission. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Or there are four player missions that you can co-op with people, which are the online portions of them. And then as you progress, you get the ability, of course, there's going to be paid upgrades if you want that, but you can also find ways to get new costumes, new characters, new powers, new abilities, and upgrade yourself that way. So you're actually encouraged to go in and do these missions. And as they said, the stuff that you acquire in a multiplayer mission, currently the plan is that will carry over to your solo play mission and vice versa. So, you know, once you know, essentially experience and assets are experience and assets and they will carry over. That is killer, man. That's one of those ones where you're really hoping that, I mean, I've seen the screenshots or at least the uh, a little bit of the video that they've been showing and you really kind of hope that it's going to be a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and that was the thing about it. We had heard, Less than flattering things coming out of E3. There was a lot of talk that people yeah. were saying, oh, I don't like the character models. I don't like this. And we had zero problem with that. All four of us thought it was fantastic. And, you know, addressing that whole character models thing, as I pointed out to people, you have to remember there often is a whole legal side of it, too, that you can't make it look like Scarlett Johansson without having Scarlett Johansson's voice. And if yeah. you do that, that means your fee goes considerably up for production. And I yeah. said, you yeah. know, look at the Batman and <laughs> Superman games. How many of them looked and sounded like Christopher Reeve or Michael Keaton or Val Kilmer? No. You know, Kevin Connery's made a whole career out of uh, voicing um, Batman in animated yep. films and uh, video games. And there's a reason for that. He's cheaper than hiring Michael Keaton to come in and do it. It's one of those interesting things because people don't really think about the production costs. But, I mean, these are gigantic Hollywood actors in huge billion-dollar blockbusters. You can't have Chris Evans playing the video game character of it. And it's one of those things that's like, why guy, Why aren't you guys mad at the fact that these guys aren't voicing this stuff in the, in the cartoons? You're going to be fine with that. Uh, moving on from that, though, I want to talk about Borderlands 3. Did you get a chance to play uh, that one? I did. I got a, this is my second time. I played it first at E3, so that's I got right, another right, yeah. uh, hands-on time with it, and this time I did <laughs> take the boss down. 
I, I was nice. mixing it up with him at E3, and they <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm so sorry, we're, you know, your time's up. And this time I made sure I, I ran past a few things rather than explore, <laughs> and I, I got in. and uh, it, Now, th- th- there is a bit of debate whether I actually got him or not. Let's just say his health was really low. <laughs> I jumped in the air over him, and I fired the shot. And no one tapped me on the shoulder, no cutscene. All of a sudden, a splash screen came up and said, you know, the mayhem will continue on, and they gave the release date. So I don't know whether that was I got him and they didn't go to the cutscene or if they had a built-in timer at this build, and it just was cutting me off right there saying, (laughs) you know, you have it. But the guy next to me started before me, and he was still playing, so I'm I'm going with I got him. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that, and I think it speaks volumes to the fact that you went, you played it at E3, you waited months, and you had a game plan to try to do this to come back and play it at PAX. I think that, I mean... I don't think anyone's going to be sad that there's a Borderlands 3 out there, and I think the hype is real on that one. But just to hear somebody say, hey, yeah, this is really fun. I went back and played it right away just so I could try to beat that effort. Like, that's a great thing. (laughs) Yeah, and the funny thing, too, is we had a posting the other day where the publisher sent out this uh, picture and details about when the launch date is around the world. And it's like the craziest thing because it's like 10 o'clock in the Pacific, but yet it's going to be later in New York, and then even with the time change factored in, and it was all around the world, and then you get some people that are all upset because it's releasing on the Epic Game Store for PC, and they're like, hey, I'm just going to wait six months until it's available on Steam, and I'm wow. thinking, well, you know, that's your that's your prerogative, but if you do that, you know how many super high-level characters are going to be in that six months, <laughs> yeah, right. and you're going to jump in to play the game, you're going to be looking for some co-op, and you're going to have all these max-level characters sitting there going, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Let me show you one of my billion weapons that I can uh, deploy on you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, now, That's assuming they have you know player versus player, but you get what I'm saying. Exactly. Now, this was an interesting thing because I don't know a whole lot of information, but the Stadia is a game system created by Google, correct? Correct, and it's it does take a bit of explanation. And I was so happy that we had a a closed door meeting on it to try to explain it. Nice. And it's it's. Honestly, it's going to be divisive. I I can't really think of any other way to put it. So what it basically is, it's a mixture of hardware and a service. And it's, I guess, the best way to say it would be designed for people who don't have or can't have a high-end gaming system. So what they showed us was we got to play uh, Doom Eternal, and then we got to play Mortal Kombat 11 over a phone. So the way it was shown to us is they had this, controller it looks similar to an xbox or a ps4 controller mm-hmm. and that's essentially your main system and i think they said it's about 69.99 you buy a subscription service to use their for lack of a better term cloud-based network and that's it you you know you plug it into your wi-fi you plug it into your router it is wireless of course but mm-hmm. you know when i'm saying plug it in they showed us a corded version that actually connected so the idea behind it is that you can purchase games and that you can play 4K 60 frames a second with no load screens. And so the idea is if you can't afford a $1,000 high-end gaming computer, you buy this thing, you set up, you buy your game, and you play it. Now, that's great, but then you start to ask the questions that they had answers to, but, you know, I still have doubts. For example, they touted no load screens. 
So I'm sitting here after the guy I was with finished playing Doom Eternal, and he goes, oh, here, you take it. And I played it at E3, and I said, all right. Um, why isn't it starting? And he goes, oh, it's still loading. But you, And but- I felt like saying to him, I thought you said there were no load screens. Now, when I got in the game, it ran yeah. smooth. It was Yeah, it was fast. But, you know, you sit there and you play these little questions like, okay, so I don't see any console games. I can't see Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo making their exclusives available. So now we're looking at just PC games. And then you think, okay, and this is in a controlled situation. What happens if we can't get the connection that you guys have? I'm not going to get 4K and uh, 60 frames a second. And what happens if I multiplay and the guy I'm connected to has a terrible connection because he's somewhere? And they tried to say, oh, well, you know, it'll adjust and it'll do this. And then I had a buddy of mine who said, you know, I've also heard that it uses something ridiculous like eight, uh, I want to say eight gigabytes an hour or something like that of connectivity. And he said, what happens for these people who don't have unlimited high-speed Internet where they're going to get throttled, especially if they're trying to use it to play on their phone and mobile? Or as he brought up, he said, and what happens if I pay $59.99 for the game and let's say the system goes down in a year or two? I no longer own that game. It's not like I can transfer it over to Steam. And he said, I know Google's got a lot of money behind it. And so that was kind of where we were looking at going, if it works, it's a great idea. But then if you're a hardcore gamer, you either, you either have a console mm-hmm. or you have the PC or both. And if you don't, you know, it, it's kind of like how many people do you know that ha- have high-speed Internet and that don't play games that don't like have that. one of yeah. those setups? And if they do, it's like, are you willing to risk that this thing's going to be stable and viable enough that these games that you're buying and then, of course, you know, the big question I had was, well, how many games are going to be available in your marketplace? And, oh, yeah, I'm also having to pay a monthly fee to use this over your service on top of my... And, you know, they kept saying, well, you know, Beats spending $1,200 on a computer. And I thought, yeah, but my computer can also do my work. I can mm-hmm. also edit video. I can also go to... So, and, you know, it, and it's it, like it, when people are saying something like, oh, you know, putting all the money for like a new PlayStation or a new uh, Xbox, you're like, yeah, but also, I mean, these are playing multimedia device, you know, things as well, movies and like streaming. And you can do that on your phone, sure. But like with this, I mean, I, 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 I'm excited that they're doing something along these lines, but I think cautiously optimistic is the best way to put this. I don't really necessarily think that you should be going out and getting the first version, and I know that Google really doesn't want want people to say that because they want the people to try this out, but at the same point, like this is version one of a very, very ambitious project that I'm worried about, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and see, like I looked at myself, I looked at all of us there and said, there's absolutely no reason any of my staff buys this thing. We all have PCs that play games. We all have consoles. There's no reason for it. Yeah. Now, um, again, maybe we're not the target market, and maybe there are people out there who do have very high-speed Internet who are hardcore gamers who don't have a computer, don't have a console, who would say, you know, I can't afford two, three, four hundred dollars for the console, but I can afford the sixty nine ninety nine for this. But then, you know, my thought was right, but by the time you do your internet fee, your monthly subscription, you add up, you're you're getting kind of close at that point. I mean, let's be honest, you can get a PS four for a couple hundred dollars right now, and you know when the new system rolls out next year, the four's gonna come down in price considerably. And there's a huge market of games available there. So 
you, you see what I'm saying. It, it, you know, the more I add it up, I just don't, I don't see it yet. And exactly. That's one of those things where I'll watch it with uh, with a keen interest because I think it's an, a fun idea. I'm just not too sure about that. I know we'll be getting more news about that as we go along. Uh, but moving on from that, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the live events and stuff that happened at PAX because we get all the news and everyone gets to talk about those. But a lot of the times you don't get to experience the live events and you're able to attend a, a, at least one, right? Yeah, and uh, we had a really interesting one for the new Elder Scrolls, and that was uh, very unexpected because Bethesda had told us we're not really going to have much of a presence at PAX, Mm -hmm. and they didn't even have a booth this year, which surprised a lot of people. I mean, truthfully, I was a little surprised because I took not much of a presence, meaning, okay, you've released most of your games. Um, You know, the other two things you have are still a ways off, but... Doom Eternal scheduled for this November, so I thought this is what they would come out and they would have it there and be ready to go. But their take was we had it at E3, we had our own uh, QuakeCon, we had Gamescom, so on and so forth, and they didn't have it. But they chose to do this off-site event, and it was literally like 90 minutes on Saturday. And what they did was they showed off the latest expansion for the Elder Scrolls Online. And there were, there were some cool things. They had, like, some really good food. Uh, one of the, some of the staff got these Jones Soda exclusives that they made. Nice. They made, like, an Elder Scrolls Jones Soda. And I, I am sorry I didn't get to taste it, so I have no idea what it tastes <laughs> like. But I thought, this is just the craziest, craziest thing in the world. It better not be, like, Sweaty Knight in Armor or Dragon Scale. But, because um, you know, remember, these are the guys who came right. out with that turkey, that it was a Thanksgiving dinner and a yeah, Bottle. Mashed potatoes <laughs> so in a was, bottle. Yeah, let's eat right, gravy. Right. I, I was terrified of that, but it, it was funny because they sent us these pictures right afterwards and said, here are the photos you can put up. No embargo. So I started putting them up, and all of a sudden I was seeing these Reddit things popping up. Uh, you know, I was following traffic links back to where they're coming from, and people are like, I didn't know well, what's, what's going on here. Bethesda's not at PAX. And all of a sudden these photos are popping up and were they there? And this is all under non-disclosure. And, and I had to like say, okay, look, we had a private meeting and uh, it wasn't, it was like 15, 20 minutes away from the convention center. And <laughs> here you go. But you know, and that, and that was the beauty of it. There was, you know, like the, here, another fine example is we mentioned the Avengers already. Mm-hmm. That was off site. That was in one of the hotels. Nice. And so that's kind of the trick you get with, uh, some conventions where they'll say, you see this a lot at the Consumer Electronics Show, where they won't be on the floor at the Venetian or the Convention Center, but they'll be in a suite in one of the hotels. So you'll get the, yeah. oh, you want to see this? Okay, come to the lobby of this hotel at this time. We'll call up to the suite, come down and escort you. And so, you know, you have to be a little careful with that because you can be find yourself running all over Las Vegas, <laughs> but you can also find some really fantastic things where they're more yeah. apt to spend more time with you. And that's yeah. kind of what you're seeing at PAX now. And it was one of those things because we've seen the parties and stuff that they've had before, but I know that on Friday night that uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 guys uh, took over a rock venue because I ended up at that rock venue the night next night and I was wearing uh, a sort of geeky t-shirt and the guy was like, oh, so were you here last night? And I was like, no. And he's like, oh yeah, there's the whole thing going on. I was like, oh, I missed it. Crap. Oh, yeah, the, the parties are always the fun thing. I, You know, it, it's funny. I kind of missed back in the day, in the early days of PAX, when they had just gone over to the convention center. 
Um, they used to, if you remember, companies used to run out GameWorks and some of those other things. Yeah. And it was always the coolest thing was that you would go in, but what would happen is people would see these lines and they'd all go to the door and they'd try to name drop and get their way in the door and stuff like that. <laughs> some of them were fantastic. I mean, you know, and then, of course, I, I can remember some great um, off-site events. And that's what's the beautiful thing about it. Now, the one thing I found odd, and maybe I just missed him, I did not see as many concerts this year as in the years past. I mean, yeah. I thought, like, Kirby Crackle was always a, a staple at these things. And I maybe, I, like I said, maybe I missed it, but I didn't see them or uh, other people listed. Yeah, I know that I talked with Kyle from Kirby Crackle earlier this year, and they held a uh, concert for Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, Crackle Fest happened then, so maybe he was just, uh, maybe he's just saving it for the Emerald City Comic Con fans. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep. Uh, finally, let's finish up with a little bit of news on Destiny 2. I noticed on the game list that it's going to be available for the Stadia, but you told me there's some other news for Destiny 2. Yeah, this was a rather interesting thing because uh, a lot of questions about the whole Destiny franchise, and for you know people that aren't familiar, they basically split with Activision uh, mm. a little while back. It was mm-hmm. a situation where I remember when it launched, Activision had told us that they had invested $100 million in uh, the franchise. And so basically this was for, uh, you know, several games. And when Destiny 2 came out, apparently Activision, now you you may remember, we talked about this right about the time at BlizzCon, where Activision had the big layoffs coming at both companies, because Activision, Blizzard, same same company. And uh, this was right after the less than stellar reception they got at uh, BlizzCon. Well, essentially, they decided that they and Bungie need to part ways. And so Bungie said, okay, fine, we're taking full control of the Destiny franchise. Now, what I was told the issue was, was that, Activision was not happy with the fact that they couldn't really monetize the DLC. It was not generating the no. revenue, you know, the, the add-ons and all that stuff, which is now the, the controversial but apparently key thing is to develop new ways to make revenue. And they just felt that the Destiny community was not buying enough DLC and they certainly weren't opening up to the paid content and therefore it wasn't as profitable as they wanted it to be and they're out. So here we go. Bungie's heading their own way and they've got a brand new expansion coming out which is massive um, and then they had some replicas of the weapons and all of that and so it was interesting to see because essentially it was Bungie and let's be honest it's not like they don't know what they're doing they started the Halo franchise so therefore they're used to dealing with big name titles and stuff like that but it was it was very interesting because they had a sizable booth and they basically came there and said you know essentially we're here, and this uh, this friend Destiny's not going anywhere. And you know, people are like, oh, "Are they going to announce Destiny three? It's like, no, too soon for that. They're announcing a new DLC, and I'm sure part of this is they want to see how well this is going to be received. They want to see how well the um, fan base goes because, you know, look at Destiny one. They kept adding DLC. Yeah. They kept adding new campaigns, and then all of a sudden they announced Destiny two, and there was a lot of division because people said, "Why?" Yeah, you know, can't yeah. you just keep, couldn't you just keep releasing campaigns if you're not going to massively retool the engine, you know, new game, not the way to go. So it'll be curious to see if they just keep releasing campaigns or they jumped to Destiny 3. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting, and I know that you'll have all that information, Gareth. Thank you so much. And there's more information available at SKNR.net. You got your whole team that was there for PAX doing so much more than just you could cover. But seriously, man, thank you so much for spending some time with me. No problem. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, skewed and reviewed, SKNR.net. He's got photos and even more information than all the stuff that we covered. But now it is time to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Well, Vicky, that was a lot of PAX information, but as a Friday tradition, we need movies. You did PAX it in, though. (laughs) 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 Uh, Wait, I thought we were going to run out of time and not be able to do... Well, it's okay, because there's only one movie really (sighs) coming out this weekend worth seeing in the nerd realm. It is. Chapter two. Oh, this is Ooh, uh, yeah. This one kind of snuck up on me because I was hoping to watch it chapter one, and I mean it's been two years, and somehow I managed. Has it really been two years? Not to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have seen the first one or whatever, this basically <laughs> it, it is the sequel, but it's years in the future. Yeah. All when right. all the kids are now adults, and you have an all star cast like Jessica Chastain, James uh, McAvoy, Bill Hader. Yeah. And I kind of want to see it. Just because of the cast. It uh, looks so good. A lot of people have been saying that Jessica Chastain coming uh, for this one uh, is one of their most anticipated fall movie characters. So I'm, I, I need to see the so first one. So it's all the one, kids grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ooh, it makes yeah. me want to see both of them now. Yeah, and you need to with this. This is like one of those ones where you can't necessarily go and see the second one without having seen the first. This is the Scary Clown movie series, right? Yes, yes. it's okay. Pennywise. And the well, the book does the Wait. same thing, mm-hmm. uh, and then the series that they had in the past did the exact same thing as well. So you spend some time with the kids. The kids, well, spoiler, defeat Pennywise in whatever way. Then they come back some oh, years later. It, I haven't seen it yet. But he comes back to wreak terror. Oh yeah, they always do. Bill Skarsgård uh, is Pennywise, and you probably have seen him in Atomic Blonde, uh, which was a great movie. All right. Uh, but for the younger characters, if you didn't see the first one, you have Finn Wolfhard from um, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. He's okay. in it. Jack Dylan Grazer, he was uh, the buddy in Shazam. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the best friend, kid best friend. So we'll see some people we know. Yeah, so there's quite a few uh, like big name actors and everything. And I... <sighs> Yeah, I, there needs to be a service that goes <laughs> along and like either draws cartoony versions of all the scary parts, or has like commentary, like nice calming no. music before it's like okay, that don't is freak out. Very specific. <laughs> I love how you're. I want to see these. Movies. I love how you're interested in this. It's starting to get into the spooky season, and yet you are not a horror movie person. No, she's no not. my my Halloween movies are Halloween Town and yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Even <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas was too scary when I was a kid. What about yeah. Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus. Okay, okay. I just bought that, so nice. I need to watch it. That's a good oh one, actually. God, Hocus Pocus, you're going back in time. With oh, it. no, every, it is an obsession right now. I feel like it is very in, right? Like Hocus Pocus, all the shirts, all the decorations. Sabrina's about as far as you go, isn't it? Yeah, and even yeah. then that was a little creepy. And same yeah. with Stranger <laughs> Things, that was a little uh, on yeah, the that's... creepy side. This yeah. last season specifically, so oh yeah. If somebody wants to watch this movie and just kind of tell me how it goes, <laughs> or how about you just she sit down do and you watch the movie? You probably won't have nightmares. No. I mean, I kind of do want to watch it because Isaiah Mustafa is in it, and if you have not seen the Old Spice commercials, oh, the guy on the horse, it's him. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I was like, Does I know he have that. a horse. I hope so. I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. Oh, Old Spice. Do we have any uh, Rotten Tomatoes reading, uh, ratings on this yet? Yes. Uh, as of now, no audience score, but yeah, we have 128 uh, votes or Reviewers. ratings of mm-hmm. 71%. Oh, That's 71% is nice. pretty good on that Especially end. Especially for a horror movie. Yeah. 
and we've been, cast. And we've been seeing that this and year. Sequel like sequel. Yeah, a horror movie and a sequel. Getting that. I'm excited for it. Yeah. You should right. still probably watch the first one before yeah, I it's go probably see a good it. idea. Yeah, right? Well, until <laughs> next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.